Welcome to the first episode of Just Chatting. The information discussed in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and does not constitute a professional relationship with either Dr. Tara Mormon or Dr. Irina Kirshnerman. We hope you enjoy getting to know us and look forward to hearing your feedback. awkward thing to start talking, but I guess we wanted to talk about what just chatting is all about. Yes. Um, I've been, had been listening to all these podcasts of folks talking about, you know, various things and um, folks who had been friends for a long time, folks who had met and been friends for a little while and decided to do this podcast thing. And I thought, well, I have a friend who happens to be in a similar profession to mine, and we might actually know things that we could talk about that might be of interest to other people. So that's where the little nubbin of idea came in for me. And then I could not have been more excited when you broached that idea to me because one of the, my favorite things about our friendship over the years, and, and we've known each other now, and here's a scary number, um, for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my favorite things about our friendship is the ability to sit down and have real conversation and meaningful conversation without it being forced or overly academic or overly anything, um, but well-informed and honest. Um, And I was so excited at the possibility that we could like share that with people and maybe somebody else would get as much out of it as I've gotten out of it over the years. Hmm. And another just completely selfish piece is we don't talk on the phone as much as we'd like. And so this gives us the opportunity to talk to each other. I know it somehow happens if it's something that, you know, you, you're committing to on a regular. Um, and it's funny how that works. But yes, I'm super excited about that too, because we don't, we haven't had in most recent years as many of those conversations as I would have liked. So um, I'm excited to do it. I'm excited to talk with you on, on the regular and I'm excited to share it. Same. So I guess people might want to know who we are since we haven't even mentioned our names yet. Uh, <laughs> that might be a good place to start. And then there's dog. So that might, be exciting. I don't know what she's going to do. Um, okay. Yeah. A good place to start. So I guess I'll go first and maybe you can help me if I, if I don't know, don't say something. Um, so my name is Tara Mormon and I have, I do have a PhD in counseling studies and a master's degree in counseling psychology. 
Um, I don't think very much about my degrees. I work as a licensed professional counselor in Texas, and I'm also a certified professional life coach because I wanted a little bit of freedom in case I ever wanted to leave Texas and maybe not do LBC work. Um, so helping and healing are, I, I believe that that's, those are my callings. And um, yeah, I work primarily privately and do some work for uh, a local intensive outpatient for addictions. And today I'm actually on my way up to the medical school to do some work with some fourth year medical students around mindfulness and um, acceptance and things like that. Ooh, I wanna hear more about that after we're done with these introductions. Okay. Um, were you done? I think I'm done. I can't, I'm, I'm not really sure what else to say. I guess, well, I guess here's a little bit. Um, this is how I actually talk to people. I'm stutter. Uh, <laughs> I teach mindfulness and uh, yoga. I'm also a breathwork healer. And my whole path for the last however many years of this has been to figure out a way to bring everything I do to the table for people in a way that is ethical and um, and makes sense. And so that's that's been a big journey for me, figuring out does this all work together or does it work separately or how do I offer it and how does that work? Um, because it's really important to me personally to be very integrated. So that's been my it's been my professional challenge really. I think that's it. That's that is pretty cool. I like that about you. Um so I'm Dr. Irene Kirschnerman. Um and I have been a clinical psychologist for, been in the mental health field for about 20 years. Um, I have a PhD in clinical psychology and I'm in private practice in uh, Boca Raton, Florida. Um, I see primarily, in my practice, I see primarily adults. I treat a lot of depression and anxiety and addictions and relationship issues. Um, and a whole bunch of other things in between. Um, my path to becoming a mental health professional was pretty linear. Um, I started off in undergrad um, as a peer counselor and, and wanting to help uh, fellow students who are going through things and got a bachelor's in psychology there and then moved on to a a joint master's and PhD program in clinical psychology and straight into clinical work. It just seems like um, the only thing I've ever really wanted to do. Um, mm -hmm. And actually yesterday somebody asked me again, um, why did I become a psychologist? And my answer to that is I've kind of always been one. I was a teenager on the subways of New York all the time. and um, would sit down and would try to read a book and try to mind my own business and people would sit down next to me and by the time they got to their stop I knew their entire life story even though I hadn't really asked too many questions um, and people had a tendency to tell me things and to trust me with 
their feelings and with their thoughts. And uh, there came a point in my life when I said, well, if this is what I'm doing anyway, I might as well get trained to know what I'm doing and how to, how to help people in a real way and just started, kept doing what I was naturally born to do, I think. Um, and at this point of my life, I can't really imagine myself doing much else. Mm. Although I'm sure if I got creative, I could. Um, but I'm, yeah, that, that's just what I've been doing since I was 18 years old, is listening to people and, and helping them through it. I think that's one of the things that um, maybe people would be interested in, because we do have, we have very different paths. And um, just for folks out there who are sitting around thinking, wow, I wonder how you get into this world. Well, you, there are so many pathways and Irene's was, yours was linear and you knew it. And it was, it was almost solid for you before it was really solid. It sounds like. Yeah. And for me, I was, <laughs> I was all over the map. There's nothing linear about how I started doing this work. Um, and when in I fact, met you, you weren't in mental health. What, when I met you, we were both working for an environmental company. So yeah, yeah. And I was, I mean, technically, I was an archaeologist at that time. And when we met, uh, I don't remember if I was even in my counseling master's yet. I may have still been in my. Um, graduate degree with anthropology you were an anthropology still you had not started okay. yet. yeah so um yeah my my path has been anything but linear and there was actually a period in my life where I remember speaking with a friend of mine and saying I would never <laughs> be a therapist because I don't want to listen to people talk about their problems <laughs> and uh yeah so <laughs> It was definitely not always clear to me, and I have frankly fought with it for years. Um, so it's been more for me. It's like I recognize that this is um, this is a calling, and I have I've fought against a calling for a long time. So and and I love it. I don't want anybody out there to think that I know that I'm just sitting in my office going, oh my God, I hate people because I don't, but it took me a long time to get to that place. And that's why I, I love our friendship and I, I'm excited about this conversation because you and I tend to approach life very differently um, in, in a wonderfully compatible but different way. And, and I think that that will make for a well-rounded conversation um and yeah and it takes us to places that you know you definitely make me think i am i am a very linear person i am a very kind of okay this is what it is and this is what it's going to be and then i talk to you about something and you go but have you thought about this and i in that moment both love you and <laughs> get at you because everything that I thought I knew what I was doing all of a sudden has a question mark at the end of it. Um, and I love that. I love that you challenged me to think outside the box um, because otherwise my box I think would get a little tight um, for my liking even. So um, that's what this, that's what excites me about our, about us is that I think we're wonderfully complimentary. I think so too. 
I think so too. I, um, I can be, I can feel like I'm flying around in space sometimes. And so I love that you, you do have a linear approach. And sometimes when we talk, I hear something that pulls me, you know, that kind of grounds me and brings me, okay, Tara, come on now. <laughs> Let's come back down to earth a little bit and look at things from, look at things from down here on your feet rather than flying around in space and being willy nilly. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that we have a, a very complimentary friendship and uh, would probably be very interesting to work with. Like if there was a way to, to have us both in a room with a client, I think that would be very interesting. And I think that's kind of what I'm excited about here. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So in the interest of explaining who we are, can I share one of my favorite memories with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I wonder if you'll remember this one. Um, we were working together at the time in the environmental company and I had had an argument with my then boyfriend who is now my husband and a, a wonderful, wonderful friend to you as well. Yes. And, um, in fact, he was your friend first and he told me he had to keep dating me because his friends liked me better than him and he'd lose all his friends. Um, but we had had an argument and I was sitting in your office at the time bawling. Mm -hmm. And I was a hot mess at the time. I was just upset and I was crying and it was it was not a good moment for me it was just a mess and I looked up and you were smiling and giggling just a little bit oh. and I was terribly taken aback by that initially and I'm like oh my god why are you laughing at me and through a bit of a chuckle you said you always look like you have it so together it's so nice to see your mushy gooey side on the inside it's so nice to know that you're human like the rest of us and, oh. I, and that was the first time that I had kind of really let my guard down around you and let you see all of it and when you said that you gave me this analogy she's of a marshmallow you're like you're you're like this marshmallow that's all kind of crusty and, and, and burnt on the outside and kind of really structured. And in the center, you're gooey and sticky and, and, and mushy like the rest of us. And I love seeing the, all of you, the well-roundedness of you. And that has stuck in my head for 20 years. And ever, every time I have that kind of moment in my head, I call it a marshmallow moment. <laughs> in homage to that conversation and I have shared it so many times with my clients because it was a moment of true acceptance and in, in when I talk to people about accepting accepting themselves and not always worrying about how they're presenting to the world but just being authentic show me all of it show me the crusty hard side show me the gooey inside and know that that's acceptable and wonderful and just makes you human and relatable. I, I tell them, I tell that story. So that is one of my favorite memories of our friendship. 
Wow, I'm 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 pleased that it has such a wonderful space for you. And I'm sitting over here being slightly mortified that I said such a thing to my to my um, upset friend. No, it was the perfect thing to say. It was the absolute perfect thing to say because what I took from that was it is perfectly okay that you're a hot mess right now. Tell me more. Oh, good. And, I'm glad. And it was, it was a per, it was that accepting moment. And I think from, from that point on, I really did feel like I could tell you anything. I could tell you the, the kind of linear put together, you know, I know what I'm doing stuff. And I could tell you the stuff that makes no sense to me at all. When I, and it's just raw. Um, and it would be okay. And so, um, I, I thank you prof profoundly for that moment. I don't even, do you remember that? I really don't. I really oh, don't remember that, that one. I, I, that's interesting because that was such a big moment for me and it's not anything on your radar. That's awesome. I think I remember I, as you're talking about it, I'm like, oh, okay. I know which office I was in. I know where that happened but I don't really remember that. And I, Oh my gosh, I, I was, as you were speaking, I was getting a little bit teary um, because I, I do feel that I want to see, I do want to hear all of it. And I want you, um, I want you to know that I, I accept all of it just as the whole package. Um, and at the same time I was hearing it from, if there are folks listening, <laughs> I'm hearing this person who's laughing and her friend is having a breakdown and I'm like oh my god yeah, that's oh, what you I know what that yeah. that laughter gave me the perspective of wait a minute this isn't all that horrifying like I get that you're upset and it's okay that you're upset but this isn't all that awful <laughs> Like, I'm not mortified with you. I'm not terrified for you. You had a fight with your boyfriend. It's going to be okay. And it gave me that ability to step outside whatever I was feeling in that moment and go, well, yeah, this sucks in the moment. But in the big scheme of things, it really isn't that big of a deal. And it'll work yeah. out. It'll somehow work out. So and I it is the perfect reaction. Well, I'm glad that it was. And I think that that, you know, that, that brings me into one of the things that um, I think is so important that may not, may or may not fit in, in our introduction piece, but I think being able to look at our lives and realize that a lot of the moments that we think are so devastating can feel very devastating in the moment and may not be quite as serious as we think they are and maybe maybe bringing a little bit of laughter into it is is okay i'm a huge fan of laughter as my first go-to coping mechanism because mm -hmm. it it brings me perspective and you know there are things there are moments in my life that i can pull up in my head as we're talking that were that were profoundly devastating um, and, and sad and, and gritty. And I remember things that I chose to laugh about in those moments 
and things I chose to say in those moments. Um, mm -hmm. And it brings, it rounds out those edges. You know, it's not as sharp um, as it could have been because, and it's not as sharp of a memory as it could be um, because it had some silliness and laughter and wit and, you know, humor um, to it. And, and that to me is like the beauty of life. Mm -hmm. is yeah. It's everything all at once. Yes. Everything all at once. John Kebitson, um, you know him? Mm, not off the top of my head. Like, do you have coffee with him daily? Uh, <laughs> John Kebitson, he he brought mindfulness. I wouldn't say he brought mindfulness to America, but he brought mindfulness into the secular world. So he's the mindfulness-based stress reduction guy. Um, he has a book called Full Catastrophe Living. And that he I've talks heard. about yeah, and he, he talks about why he named it that, you know, why he called it that, because he has a lot of people who are like, whoa, that's, that feels like a negative thing. And he said, life is the catastrophe. It is everything. It's, it's the whole ball. We can't just, we can't think that just because we learn how to meditate, we're going to not experience life. We want to be able to experience the whole thing as awake as possible and not be completely flipped over in our boats by the rocking, you know, by the, by the stormy seas. We want to be able to move through it, the whole catastrophe. And I just, I really love that. And I love what you said. And that's actually been something that I've, that's come up a lot in, in my recent work where I've encouraged people and started using the word and mm -hmm. instead of but. Yeah. Um, because people I find put themselves in this position where they either, they put themselves in a fake choice. I'm either happy or sad. I'm either mm -hmm. successful or failing. Um, and it's these, these kind of black and white dichotomous categories that aren't working and people find themselves terribly confused because they've created boxes that their life doesn't fit into. So we've started talking with, I've started talking with, with some people who are struggling with that about the word and, well, what if you're succeeding and failing? What mm -hmm. if you're happy and sad? And what would that look like? What if you didn't have to choose? Would that feel more reflective of what's going on with you at the moment? And, you know, across the board, that seems to be the case, that it's not a this or that, it's a this and that situation for most of us. Because it changes minute to minute, perspective to perspective, um, detail to detail. Yeah, both and, both and, I love it, I love it. The first, um, the first rule, if there are rules in improv, the first rule of improv is yes and. Yes and everything. Rather than no but, because no but closes us off. It, it, limits, our, it limits our choice and the availability of life.
So I, to yeah, totally, both and. We get so caught up in the black and the white. It's either good or it's bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I see that a lot too. And um, I, where I live um, down here in Boca, um, we, we kind of as a community um, have struggled a little bit in the past year because the, the um, MSD, the Marjorie Stolman Douglas shooting in Parkland, the school shooting mm -hmm. in Parkland um, was about 20 minutes away from us. And so all of our local high schools and all of our local teenagers and, and adults have been very much affected by it. Um, mm -hmm. And the anniversary of that just happened on, on Valentine's Day. So I've had a lot of conversations with people about safety, about perception of the world. Is the world a safe place? Mm. How's that for yeah. a big question, right? Um, yeah. And how do you have that conversation with a teenager whose childhood friend was one of the victims? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, it, it, that was awful. It was oh, so, oh my gosh. so sad and 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 hard um but we had the conversation of and mm -hmm. you know um kind of and, and i bring that up to to say that it's not just kind of on the on the daily but it's even on the big the big ticket items it's and mm -hmm. is the world a safe place yes and no yep yes so mm -hmm. yeah i i work with combat vets Mm. and um and that you know that's that's a tough one um because they know full well that there's a reality out there that's very unsafe and that they have physically experienced um and that need to be fully prepared for absolutely anything and it comes back again is the world safe Yes, and. And the other piece, you know, is learning that even though, like, for people, for people that we work with that are really struggling, you know, I'll get folks who, are, who come in who are just internally struggling so much and really working at learning how to live a life in a different way. Um, for instance, I work with addicts and alcoholics, you know, and they're really working hard, and a lot of them don't. Uh, don't have a lot of experience with positive, healthy coping skills, relationship skills, all of that business. And they're working so hard and there's so much in their mind and the outside world seems to be going okay, but everything inside my head says that I'm not doing okay and teaching, even teaching them about and, you know, mm -hmm. you can be feeling crazy in your head and doing actually doing really well externally. Both and can be happening. Right. Um, I, work with, I, I work with addicts quite a bit too, and, and that's, that's definitely true. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I do it as well. As the, you just, I have a lot of stuff going on in my head, and somehow or sometimes that turns to, my gosh, Tara, are you serious? You're nuts. You appear nuts. You're, you're, you're not doing this right. The reality is externally, I'm doing just fine. Nobody knows what's going on in my head. <laughs> well, that, that brings us full circle back to the marshmallow. 
back to the marshmallow. Right? I mean, the, mar the, burnt mar the, the perfectly toasted marshmallow is a perfect metaphor for the human condition. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It looks nice and pretty and golden and structured and formed on the outside. And it's beautiful in that, in that respect, but it's true sweetness and, and the essence of it is all sticky and gooey and messy and, and all of the wonderful things that make toasted marshmallows, toasted marshmallows. And, Both and. Right. And one without the other isn't as good as the two together. Right. Perfect. See, you were brilliant even back then, before you had any of your training. Back when I was writing World War II histories. Yeah. Huh? Back when well, I was writing World War II histories and you were doing all sorts of things and writing your dissertation. I was the word processor. I was the word processor. And I was doing copy editing at the time. And the other PhDs in the company said, you know, it's really hilariously funny that we have to hire a PhD to get our word processing done right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I was, I was copy editing reports <laughs> and making sure the commas were in all the right places and, and the page breaks were right. Hmm. Because I was writing was my a long time ago. at that time. Yeah, that was a very long time ago. That was a very long time ago. We were, I think, two very different people back then. Mm, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, that feels pretty complete to me. It does. I think this is that was a good introduction. So um, for anyone who's listening, um, you and I have talked about like what people can expect um, out of our just chatting conversations. And, and this is pretty much it. Um, it's just us coming up on a topic that somehow becomes rounded out. Um, so we talked about not really knowing what each episode is going to be about. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe kind of coming up with a general topic idea maybe um and then seeing where that goes but it is is that still where we're at with this i think so and on my side i would say yes what do you think i think so too cool. you know so i think you guys are just gonna have to ride it out with us and see how this goes and of course if there is anybody listening who would like to hear our thoughts on a particular topic i'd invite them to let us know somehow yeah absolutely i think that would be fun and we'd be happy to to bat something around or do a little bit of a q a thing mm-hmm um, that might help focus our focus our brain power in a particular direction. It might because we do tend to wander. We do tend a little bit, but that's, that's part of the fun. You never know what you're going to find when you wander. True. So, um, and I think we said um, there'd be about two episodes a month. Is that what we decided? Yes. Okay. 
Well, then I think this is our first episode complete. Hooray! Hooray! So welcome everyone to Just Chatting. Um, and we hope that you will join us again soon. Perfect. Agreed.